0: Are you kidding me? We just got about five sermons. and Not just my husband, of course, but the the songs that we just sang are so biblically based. I was just so aware of that this morning. Just, uh, I don't have a list, but the the songs that, that were sung, if you go and you look up scripture, those songs are based on scripture, and we do our best to be as theologically sound as possible in our music that we sing here, and so you just heard some sermons, and I'm gonna to talk to you this morning about hope, but if you want some hope, we're, we're gonna talk about it, just sing the worship songs. If that didn't well up hope within you, I don't know what can, it did for me. You know, the music of God and worship and spending time with him, it wells up hope within me that whatever I walk through these doors feeling or facing, the hope of God just takes over because I'm choosing to focus on him and his word. And so this morning, we want to talk about the hope of Christmas. The hope of Christmas. We set up these flowers and our, our nativity set, or some of us call it a crash. I have one in my home. I think it's the most important Christmas decoration, more important than a Christmas tree. And I have a Christmas tree But I think the focus of Christmas needs to be, it's about Jesus Christ and his birth and why he came. And why did he come? To bring on. There's an illustration I heard. It says, is there any hope? Years ago, an S-4 submarine was rammed by a ship off the coast of Massachusetts. It sank immediately. The entire crew was trapped in a prison house of death. Every effort was made to rescue the crew, but it ultimately Failed Near the end of the ordeal, a deep-sea diver who was doing everything in his power to find a way for the crew's release thought he heard a tapping on the steel wall of the sunken sub. He placed his helmet up against the side of the vessel, and he realized it was the Morse code. Just I don't know Morse code, but he was hearing it. He attached himself to the side and he spelled out in his mind the message being tapped from within. It was repeating the same question over and over and over again. The question was this, is there any hope? Is there any hope? Whoever was still alive in that sub was trying to send a message because if they knew there was hope, they would do what it took to hang on until that hope came. And I'm here this morning to tell you there is hope. There is hope. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're doing, whatever in your life you hate, there is hope. And God has that hope for you this morning. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. I love the line else, other than that, He's a waymaker. He can't not be a way maker. All he asks for is our faith to believe that he can make a way in our lives. He already knows he can make a way, but we need to extend our faith into into the atmosphere, into our prayer life, into our homes, into this congregation. Release your faith so that God will be that way maker in your life because that's all he can be. Miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. He cannot not be a miracle worker. That's a double negative. He can't not be. He is. That's just his nature. That's who he is. Is there any hope? Yes, there is hope. And if, as we're talking about Christmas, if you think about it, it's, a t- it's so appropriate for Jesus to be born as a baby. So appropriate. He could have just, God could have just worked in any way to bring salvation, but he, he, he sent a baby. Now, I can tell you one thing about this pandemic and I'm looking at one right now, I wanna go hug her. I miss hugging babies and holding babies. Some of these babies are growing up in this congregation the last several months and I wanna hold them and hug them, and kiss them, and it's so hard, these babies are so, they're so filled with hope, and potential, they're so filled with the future, and what are they going to be, and who are they going to be, they're going to be a lawyer, they're going to be a doctor, they're going to be a missionary, we need more missionaries, parents pray for your children, maybe God has a call in their life to be a missionary, or a preacher, what are these babies going to be, an astronaut, Maybe they're gonna be a professional athlete. Maybe they're gonna be a research scientist. Maybe they're gonna be a songwriter, a worship leader. There's so much potential in a baby. And so when God sent his son in the form of a baby, there was so much hope represented. The hope of the world was in that baby. When when I was pregnant with my kids, we opted not to find out if they were gonna be a boy or a girl. We wanted to be surprised. We knew it was going to be a baby, there was no surprise in that, so we just wanted to be surprised at what that child was going to be. And there was so much hope and anticipation and excitement waiting for that baby. And now I'm waiting for a granddaughter who's almost here, February 11th, she'll be born, hopefully, my birthday. We'll share a birthday. But there's so much anticipation. My husband and I, you know, we we talk about her, and I have a crib in the room all set up for when she comes down to visit. And we have visited Philip and Shauna, and their room is set up, and there's so much excitement. imagine the excitement Mary had knowing her baby was going to be the son of the living God. Talk about hope. Look at this scripture. In Luke 1, 31 to 33, You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now she was visited by an angel that told her this. The hope of the world, what her people had been praying for and waiting for, was going to come through her womb. There had to be some serious hope that she was feeling in her heart, in her spirit, and in her life. And I want us today to rally that in our to. So, so we got to shake ourselves sometimes and say, Lord, I want that hope. What do you have for me, God? I know it's not going to be like this forever, God. I want to have hope in my life. Ask him for it. He will give you that hope. That promise was echoed from Isaiah, given seven centuries earlier. 700 years earlier, a prophetic word was given that the Messiah was going to come. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Is, prophetic, is these people waited for a long time. But sometimes we have to say right now is, there is hope in my life. There is a better future for my life. There is salvation coming to my family. Instead of whining and pity party and all that stuff that we do, myself included, we have those times. We need to speak and prophetically according to God's word. And the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is what the Jewish nation was waiting for. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. In other words, never. God's peace is never going to end. We are going to spend eternity with God in peace. In peace. His government will have no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this okay so there's Mary here's her here's her here's her visitation from the angel here's this promise given you know we don't have time to go into how she must have felt I mean it would be pretty startling for me if an angel showed up in my room and said hey you're going to have a baby and it's not going to be from a man it's going to be from the Holy Spirit We were talking about this in our Life Group Wednesdays, a little plug for Life Groups. If you're not plugged into a Life Group, man, you are missing it. You are missing some good midweek fellowship, laughter, prayer, support. We have people that come on our Zoom links depressed and anxious and fearful, and I get texts the next day, I'm so glad I joined it because I didn't feel like it and I did, and when I clicked off, end meeting at the end, I felt better. So I'm just saying, if you're not on a Zoom link, please avail yourself to that call us in the office and we will get you one but we were talking about this um uh Wednesday and we were saying how there's no precedent there was no precedent set this was the first time ever an angel visited a female and said you're going to have a baby and it's not going to be from a man and it's going to be of the Holy Spirit and then you throw in the mix she's not even married yet so that's quite a thing to have an angel, let alone a person, but an angel come and tell you. No precedent set. What is she what do you do with that? But she said, "Okay, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it." And then we have Joseph. He received a promise. God did not forget to give Joseph a promise. He received a dream. And, ain't, and we don't have time again to go into Joseph, and we talked about him Wednesday, but boy, he's just an ordinary guy, wants to marry the girl of his dreams, and boom, he gets hit with this. You think you got it tough. I think I got it tough when some news reaches my ears. This is some pretty traumatic stuff that goes on in the Bible, but look how it turns out for us, for the hope of eternity for us. So the, uh, he, Joseph has a dream, and an uh, angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and he said, Joseph, son of God, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife? Because he's having some thoughts, people. He's wondering, wait a minute. An angel visited her and told her, what? He had some processing to do. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Boy, did Joseph need that word of confirmation. And so now his heart is filled with hope. God made it clear this baby was the one for whom the world had been waiting and watching and hoping ever since the first man and woman had been driven out of Eden. A savior was needed. A redeemer was needed. And this is who they had been hoping for. A savior, a deliverer, a king. What joy must have filled Mary and Joseph's hearts once they got over the shock of it. What joy must have filled their hearts knowing we are bringing the Savior into the world. Christianity is a belief system that's based on hope and faith and trust. It's a faith that looks forward to the future, to the time when God's promises will be fulfilled. And that was true for God's people prior to Christ's birth. As they looked forward to the birth of the promised Messiah, they had hope. They knew that they had to base their hope in the prophetic words spoken. It was true for Mary and Joseph as they looked down at their newborn son, knowing that the time for the fulfillment of God's promises had come. And it's true for us today as we look forward to the return of Christ. Are we looking forward to the return of Christ? Do we realize that Jesus is returning for a church without spot or wrinkle? That's an old song we used to sing many years ago. It's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. I would like to just say, I think right now, as the church, universal, not just victory, but I would, I would present to you that probably victory as well is not really without spot or wrinkle yet. I think we've got a long way to go as a people and a church to get back to holiness to get back to what God is asking for us, to get back to how God is asking us to live according to his word. You don't know how to live? Read the Bible. You don't know how to handle a relationship? Read the Bible. You're not sure how to handle a a life-altering change in your life? Read the Bible. Go to the Psalms. See what the psalmist would do. He would cry out to God, Colossians Colossians 3, 1 to 4 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. We've got to set our minds on things above. See, we live like this. I mean, God's given us eyes for a reason. So we see, we see life, we see the news, we see our neighbors, we see uh, fellow Christians, we see family, we see life. We see because we have eyes. But God is saying, take your eyes and put them up now. Put, on, put them on things above. Lift your eyes to the hills. That's where your help comes from. Not all the places we seem to spend so much time looking at. The hope comes from God. And nothing is hopeless. If you are sitting here this morning and, and saying, Lisa, you have no idea what my situation is, though. My situation is hopeless. You know what? It is not hopeless. That is a lie of the devil himself to make you think that you have to stay stuck, you have to stay depressed, you have to stay addicted, you have to stay in a life of sin, you have to stay in that place of despair. It is a lie. It is not hopeless. There are, Claire Booth Lou said, there are no hopeless situations. There are only people who have grown hopeless about them. Okay, so whatever your situation is, it is not hopeless. You might have grown accustomed to the feeling of hopelessness, but that doesn't mean the situation is hopeless if you have God enter in. So how do we sustain hope in the midst of disappointments and difficulties? How do we keep from being completely overwhelmed by trials and pain? How do we maintain an attitude of hope when everything in us wants to yield in to that despair? When we can't see a way out and we want to give up? when it would be easier to live in fear. You want to give up? You want to live in fear? You want to live in despair? Keep listening to the lie. Keep staying where you are, physically, mentally, emotionally. But if you want to get out of that rut, we want to talk about how you can do that this morning through the hope of God. How do we hold on to hope during times when our circumstances seem hopeless? Romans 4, 18 to 21 says this, Against all hope, Abraham... Now, let me just say this. If I'm reading scriptures, there, we have them up on the screen most of the time, but if, if oftentimes, pastor, whoever's up here, reading scriptures, and, and we don't have time to read the whole book, so we're reading a portion of it to you, maybe one or two verses. If you don't have a clue what we're talking about, that's okay. Don't get lost. Just write down Romans chapter 4. Go home and start in Romans chapter 1 and read the book. Start reading. Read about what God is saying. If we stood here and read the whole text, we would be here for hours and wouldn't get any of, it, any of it expounded on. So go home and read the Bible so that you can understand these stories. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening his faith, faith there's a lot of words that begin with F in this scripture. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Now, that sounds pretty outlandish. You and your wife are going to have a baby, and Abraham's, he'd be like, um, I'm like 100, and my wife, like, just about doesn't even have a womb anymore, like a baby. <laughs> Woo! I'm 55? or 56 almost, and wow, if the Lord visited me and said, you and your husband are going to have a baby, I think I would, wow. So imagine 100 years old. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith, faith, not in himself. I don't know how much strength he could have at 100 years old anyway. He had faith faith in God, Being fully, and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised, period, the end. And that's what we need to do sometimes. God, you have the power. I'm going to put my hope in you, the end. I'm going to wait until that promise comes to pass. I'm going to wait until my change comes. I'm going to wait and believe that those better things that your word talks about for me are going to come to pass. We've got to have hope. From Parade Magazine many years ago came the story of a self-made millionaire, Eugene Land was his name. He greatly changed the lives of a sixth grade class in East Harlem, New York. Mr. Lang had been asked to speak to a class of 59 sixth graders. What could he say to inspire these students, most of whom would probably drop out of school? He wondered how he could get these predominantly black and Puerto Rican children even to look at him. Scrapping his notes, he decided to speak to them from his heart. Stay in school, he admonished, and I'll help pay the college tuition for every one of you who do. At that moment, the lives of these students changed. For the first time, they had hope. One student later said, I had something to look forward to, something waiting for me. It was a golden feeling. Nearly 90% of that class went on to graduate from high school. That was because they were given hope. If I can get us in this room today, those watching at home today, to open yourself up to hope, to grasp a whole of the hope that we have, it will change our lives. It will change how we think, it will change how we sleep, it will change, literally, it'll change how you sleep. You're not sleeping because of anxiety. You learn how to put your hope in God, you will begin to sleep better. It will change how we talk, how we walk, how we act, how we respond. It will change us. Two quick points. Number one, that was just my intro. I can do this. Number one, put your hope in God. Just give me like a two-minute warning. Just go, peace. Number one, put your hope in God. trust in Him for help. That may seem obvious, but too often we're willing to seek help from anyone and anything before we turn to God. He becomes the last resort. We exhaust every other option, then we go to God. That's a little insulting to God, by the way. That's just a little parenthesis. If the problem is financial, we don't look to God for us. We look to a banker or a rich uncle. How can we put our hands on more cash? If problem is relational, conflict with a spouse or family member, we buy books on marriage, which I agree with books. I agree with that. I'm I'm a reader. We surf the net for articles. We listen to Dr. Phil. By the way, my husband and I and any pastor on staff at this church, Pastor Maureen, Pastor Mike, will say the same things that Dr. Phil will tell you. Please shut him. I don't even know if he's still on TV, but I don't know how he, uh, you know, one of these days maybe we should start a pastoral show where, you know, it's, it, it's not rocket science, people. Most of the stuff that he says is really kind of biblically based on communicating and skills. Now, I don't, I, I, I got to give, give a little disclaimer. I don't watch him. I've heard some, I've watched bits and pieces, so maybe he's saying some outlandish things I've never heard, so. If Dr. Phil's a little off, forgive me, but the point is we go everywhere else. What are these other people going to say? These other experts going to say? These other people, that get, they get paid millions of dollars to do this, so they must have the answer. Well, sometimes they don't have the answer. Jesus has the answer. He's still the answer. He's always going to be the answer. The word of God is the answer. We try everything we can think of. And if nothing else works, then maybe we'll think of praying. We don't even pray yet. We just think, well, maybe if I pray about it. But that is completely backwards. When we're faced with an issue, pray first. And if God has someone he wants to direct, a counselor, a, a, a rich uncle, <laughs> a banker, if he has somebody who wants to direct, or he could move on their hearts himself. If there's a, a preacher, one of the pastors on staff, he's going to direct you. There's nothing wrong with all of those things. If you need money, yeah, you go to the bank. But if you're in dire straits, pray about it. Pray about it. Psalm 3316 16 to 22 says, No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. The horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. We, we went horseback riding in Florida. I decided to be a little daring, despite my back issues. And I got on that horse, and I was absolutely petrified for like 15 minutes. These things don't seem so massive until you're perched up on top of one, holding the reins. And he wanted to do what he wanted to do. And the neck of a horse is so strong, it's, it's really quite unbelievable. And, uh, and, 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 and so we're, we're, we're looking at this. A horse is a vain hope of deliverance. I needed God when I was on that horse. And then I couldn't move for days after when I got off it. So it'll be a long time before we do that again. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. To deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. Are you feeling like you're in a famine? God is going to keep you alive. Not a, I'm not talking about a food famine. I'm talking about a, a desert. You're in a desert. You feel dry. You feel thirsty. He's going to keep you through it if you put your hope in him. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. I love that scripture my husband referred to. He covers my head in the day of battle. He covers our head in the day of he protects this is this is an important body part right here. Physically, what it houses our brain, but what it houses even even mentally our emotions are here. And he and he covers my head in the he covers my emotions in the day of battle. I love that scripture and that thought. May your unfailing love rest on us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Now, the psalmist, he's not saying you can't have, that the kings couldn't have armies and horses. That's part of what their kingdom consisted of. But what he was trying to tell those kings were, don't put your hope in what you have. Don't put your hope in what you think you have, your armies, your horses, your people, your lands, your money. Don't put it, your strength, your smart. Your intelligence, put your hope in God. We're hoping for so many things right now. I hope so-and-so gets in the White House. I hope I don't get COVID. I hope the vaccine works. I hope my life soon gets back to normal. I hope my kids get back to school soon. My kids are adults, but those of you with kids at home, maybe you're saying that. I hope I get a raise after this pandemic. I hope I get what I want for Christmas. I hope, I hope, I hope. But we don't say, I hope in you, God. My hope is in you alone, God. It doesn't matter all these things. My hope is in you, God. Psalm 39.7 says that. But now, Lord, who, what do I look for? What, do I, what am I going to look for in this world that's going to satisfy? My hope is in you. The verses uh, before that talked about everyone rushing around to make money, not even knowing who's going to have the money after they're gone. We're so busy, busy, busy doing things for for the future and for other people and making money and trying to make everything work together and everything that we're forgetting about God. We are not putting our hope in God. We're putting them in things. He may use a doctor. He may use a banker. He may use a counselor. But your hope is in him, not them. It's not the size of the king's army or the size of the wallet or the skill of your doctor. What matters most is that you put your hope in God. Don't wait to pray last. Pray first. There's a song we used to sing. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand, and that is Jesus. God is holding our hands. Talk to yourself. That's what the psalmist did. He knew where his help was. He knew where his hope was, and he talked to himself about it. <clears throat> in Lamentations he said I say to myself the Lord is my portion speak we got to speak to ourselves therefore I will wait for him God I'm going to wait for you you're my portion I'm going to wait for you you are what I need I'm going to wait for you the Lord is good to those who hope in, whose hope is in him the one who seeks him and then in Psalm 147 he says the Lord delights in those who fear him who put their hope in his unfailing love so where do we get the faith? We need to hope in God. Quickly, think on God's promises. You've heard me talk about this time and again. You've heard your pastor preach on it time and again, over and over and over and over again. Get in the word. Why do you think we have these Bibles for sale? We're not making one cent. If anything, we lose a few, maybe a dollar or so on each one because of shipping. We just want to get the Bible in your hands. We believe in it. We're not looking to make money for the church. We're looking to get something into your possession that we believe in, that's worked for us. I hope in your word. I don't hope in the latest Instagram post. Personally, I'm not really interested in your latest Instagram post. Or the latest tweet. We can't get our hope in the latest news flash. Breaking news! News alert! Every time you turn on uh, the news... The banner along the bottom of the little thing is, breaking news, alert, breaking news, alert. And it makes you physically, like mentally feel, what's new, what's new? And then you realize they're talking, they're, re- they're like cows chewing the cud, just chewing over and over and over the same news that's been going on for days and weeks and months. It's not even breaking news. Don't get your news, don't get your hope from that or any favorite newscaster. Not in someone's opinion on Facebook. Mm, you know what I'm talking about the opinions, and then the rants that go on and on. Not the latest email or YouTube video. Please, maybe we just need to really stop listening and reading and looking. Put your hope in God. There are so many theories running around right now about life, about everything that's going on in the world. There are theories and conspiracies. I don't have time for that. We, don't, we can't have time for that. Get in the word and ask God, what are you saying about today? Get in the book of Revelation. Are we living in the last days? Let's find out what do I need to be doing now to live in this world fruitfully for Jesus and and shut some of these things off. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Getting God's word. I don't have time to go into the rest of this. But the two points are what? Let me see if you remember them. Somebody say point number one. And number two. Because that hope, point number two is how you're going to be able to hope in God. Focusing on God, focusing on his word. James 16, 33 says, we will have tribulation. I am not standing behind this pulpit to tell you your life is going to be great when you put your hope in God. Because it might not be. The word says we will have tribulation, but Jesus has overcome the world. How long do I ha- How much time do I have? Two minutes. Peace. I have a testimony, but I don't have time to share it, but I will say this. God used something that I went through to be able to help someone else, to give someone else hope, to give someone else direction on how to receive hope, to give someone else the fact that God sees where you are. He sees what you're going through. See, he doesn't want to just give us hope for us so we can just feel good and move on. He wants to give us hope so that he can use us in the life of somebody else. So that we're vessels. So that, we can, we can, that hope can pour through us into other people around us. I want to end with this little illustration. One author said, sometimes I wonder why the birds sing. I've heard that it's because they're happy to see the sun again but the funny thing is, the singing starts long before the sun is even visible, and yet they sing anyway. They sing in the darkness, because they know it won't be dark forever. How do they know this? It would be so easy to sing in the darkness as an act of pity, to mourn for the pain that it is causing us, but the birds aren't doing that, and neither should we. Sing to welcome the sun, even if you can't quite see the sun yet sing in faith trust and hope that God is doing something in your life I want to do something right now pastor if you would come I'm not going to call people forward because of space but I want to ask you this morning and even at home take a step of faith and if you're laying on your bed or sitting on your couch stand with us. If you need hope, if you're at a place right now that things are, you don't even need to wait for finish. If you need hope, just start standing. But if you have things in your lives that seem hopeless, if you have despair, if you have questions that aren't being answered, you just need hope in your life. If you're home and and you're going through something in your life that you can't understand, if there's addictions in your life that have a stranglehold on you, you need hope. Stand. Stand at home. Stand here. Bless you guys. Pastor is going to close in prayer. And I pray that the God of all hope will fill you with his hope today.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Those of you that are standing in this room, those of you that are standing in your homes right now, we believe the promises of God. We believe that God honors His word. And if you mean business with God, God will mean business with you. He still gives beauty for ashes, He still gives the oil of joy for mourning. Lord, we thank you today that there is hope in you, God. Lord, I pray. We pray we come into agreement today that there would be an anointing, that there would be an unction, God, upon the, your word as it goes forth, God, to create hope in the lives of people. God, we believe your promises, God, and according to our faith, we receive it today. Lord, we believe that your promises are powerful; that your word is powerful, and you will accomplish what you purpose, what you desire, God. And so today, we thank you, Lord, for the the, the hope that we have in Christ, the hope that we have in Christmas, the hope that we have in your word even today god the simplicity of the word of god let it explode in our spirit let it stir in our hearts let it refresh and renew us today and god i pray lord that your people would understand that weeping does endure for a night but joy does come in the morning so lord let there be the hope the hope and the expectation today that joy will come in our lives. Lord, whether there's sickness, whether there's addiction, whether there's uh, just discouragement and oppression, whether there's fear, today we rebuke it according to the word of God. Today we let hope reverse it. We let hope, turn it around and in the authority of jesus name we rebuke everything and anything that would hinder that hopeful attitude so today god we decree we declare hope over your people we bless your people father according to your word in jesus name in jesus name and everyone said amen Amen and amen god bless you please if you have not shared this post Do so right now. Would you take a moment? What a great message. What a message of hope to encourage people with. Amen and amen.